Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, your host, and I am excited to be bringing you a requested topic this week of multiple sclerosis. For all my show notes, like always, head over to drpiersblog.com. This episode is going to be at LLP045. So if you want today's show notes, please head over to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP045. 045. And I am again excited. This is actually a requested topic from an elementary school teacher of mine, Mrs. Wiggum, who's been so influential, of course, as an elementary student, you know, guiding me, you know, along my ways. But she's also been very amazing from a support system, you know, as I've gone along with the blogging and doing my Facebook lives and now the podcasting. She's pretty much been there you know, from the beginning. So much appreciative to all of her support and effort. And so I wanted to make sure when she requested that I talk about this topic that, you know, I did it some justice. And like always, again, you don't have to be my elementary school teacher to request any topics. If you want, if there's a topic that, you know, I haven't been able to touch on yet, or you like a little bit more clarity on, please don't hesitate to email me at info at lunchlearnpod.com. Or head over to drpsblog.com and go to the contact me section and send me an email over there. Whichever one is easier for you. So if you want to direct email, it's info at lunchlearnpod.com. Or you can just head over to drpsblog.com and go to the contact me page and send your email there. Whichever is easier for you guys. So before we get into the topic of discussion today... I want to say that I do have a clip of three patients who were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis because I think what tends to happen a lot of times, especially when we think about disorders, whether we're talking about hypertension, diabetes, and now this week with multiple sclerosis, you tend to hear it from the the point of view of the physician, right, which obviously is me. But I always think it's extremely important to hear like what the patients feel, right? And I want to kind of foreshadow it because as we move along with the podcast, I tend to bring, I'm, I'm expecting to bring more and more patients and more and more people who are suffering from the disorder that we're going to be talking about just so they can give their side of the story, right? Because I think that gives a much better insight on what a person deals with when they have disease X, right? So Later on during the episode, you'll hear that clip. It's about three minutes and it's amazing. So sit tight. Again, I am your host, Dr. Pierre, board certified internist, the host of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. And let's get ready for another great episode. All righty, everyone. So today's podcast episode is going to be categorized under our interesting disorders, right? And, of course, in medicine, I've said before, you don't want to be interesting in medicine because when you're interesting in medicine, that usually means some issues, right? And then 
Today we got an interesting disorder again. Today is a special request from my elementary school teacher. I love her dearly. So it was you know, most evident that I had to make sure we got this on the podcast. We're going to be talking about multiple sclerosis. And before we get into, you know, what is multiple sclerosis, I want to kind of give you my firsthand encounter of what I deal with, especially for patients who have had multiple sclerosis. And I want to kind of go into the first time I had to take care of a patient in a hospital setting who had multiple sclerosis. It was a young girl. She might have been in her like late 20s, early 30s. But what was interesting about her, she came in, she was complaining about some vision changes, right? And we were always concerned, especially in my hospital, because we didn't really have an ophthalmologist, which is an eye specialist in the hospital. So anytime a patient had vision concerns, we were like, nope, send them out the hospital, right? And it was interesting because the ER doctor was like, no, I don't think it's anything that a surgeon's required. I think this is something you can kind of take care of. And just kind of giving her history when she talked about some vision changes and then some weakness and some fatigue, it sparked some of our interest that, you know what, I think she may be having like a neurological event. And lo and behold, you know, after doing uh, some imaging tests, it was confirmed that, oh, yes, she definitely has what we now know as multiple sclerosis. And that was like the first time that I had ever experienced it in real life. What happened, especially in medicine, is that for a lot of us, we read about a lot of diseases. Like we read about diseases all the time. But sometimes we never really get a chance to see it. Like, there's some people who will go years and never see a patient with multiple sclerosis. And, you know, here I was. I was a first year resident right out of medical school. And bam, here it is in front of my face. So it was definitely interesting to see what it looked like in real time, what it looked like, you know, off of the books. Like, you know, the books can only give you so much. So that was like my first encounter and dealing with a patient who had multiple sclerosis. So kind of segueing into there, like what is multiple sclerosis? Now it's defined as this immune process that works against our nervous system, right? So it's an immune process that pretty much attacks our nervous system, causes our nervous system to, you know, fight itself. And and in doing so, you know, causes damage in the end, right? And we've talked about a disorders in the past where we talked about on episode 38, rheumatoid arthritis, where you have your body actually attacking itself, right? So it's, it's not out of the ordinary. Even we go to, as far as the episode 28, when we talk about lupus, right? Some These are in like that same category of a disease that it's our own body that's attacking ourself that's then causing the problems, so again, this is this immune process. It you know works against our own nervous system, and where what gets affected? Affected include affect, areas affected include our brain, include our spinal cord, and include the nerves that actually function of the eye. Right. So I talked about the girl earlier in the episode where she was having some vision changes, some double vision, blurry vision, and that was her only you know, presenting, presenting complaint, right? Like I'm just having some vision problems. And that was what prompted, you know, the whole work of to say, you know what, I think you're having some neurological issues. So that, that happens. Right. And, and I, of course I'm going to, I hate to say this, right. But we don't really know the cause. It's, it's an unknown cause. We have some theories, like, you know, we got some ideas, like what may be causing 
you know, multiple sclerosis to happen and flare up and start even when it does. But we really don't have like one pinpoint answer. Right. And of course, as a physician, right, it's one of the worst things you hate to tell your patient. Right. Like, hey, I know you got this disease, but I'm not actually sure exactly like how you got it. Right. Like I can't. So I can't even tell you what to avoid or who to avoid or how to tell your family members to avoid, right? I can't really do that, right? So, of course, my patients hate when I tell them, like, you know, un- unknown primary cause, right? Like, it's the worst thing for them. But what multiple sclerosis does, right, is we have, I, I like to think about these as, like, protectors, right? Like, on all of our nerves, when you have to send a signal from your brain down to your feet to start walking, right, the signal travels along your nerves right and what protects those nerves and allows that signal to go from point a to point b is the myelin sheath right and in multiple sclerosis our body actually protects and i mean our body actually attacks the myelin sheath which again surrounds those nerves right so when when you attack pretty much your cover system of your you know your your super information highway all of a sudden you can't get that signal going correctly like like you need to so all of a sudden you tell your feet to walk but you know there's you know you got that protection is gone and all of a sudden your signal doesn't get all the way down there so you get weak you get fatigued you get tired right so that's that's kind of the the the, the structure of what happens on the basis of it so you have this area it's called again called myelin that when they get destroyed when they get you know damaged and they cause these interrupted signals, that's when you start having nerve damage that we tend to see in a hospital setting. Now, in multiple sclerosis, there are four types. Now, we're not going to go into detail on each specific type. I could just tell you that the first one we're going to talk about, relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, is the most common form. And it affects about 80 to 85% of the patients who do have multiple sclerosis. And we're actually getting into those numbers a little bit. Uh, second is also clinically isolated multiple sclerosis. Third is primary progressive multiple sclerosis. And the fourth is secondary progressive multiple sclerosis. Now, you know, for those who, you know, really need to know what those four types are and what's the difference is, in my show notes, I'll actually have, you know, detailed information about, you know, what all the four types and, you know, signs and symptoms and characteristics of it. We talked about, again, how there is no cause of it right we don't know the cause of it but we have some ideas right so we got some ideas and we tend to you know fit into like separate categories right because for us in medicine categories makes us kind of remember what we're talking about so you have environmental like so say they're saying the environment something environment may be causing you you know to have a multiple sclerosis or develop multiple sclerosis or even have a multiple sclerosis flare now Listen to the first one. Again, you guys, if you listen to the podcast, you watch my videos, you read my blog, you know how I feel. Smoking. Smoking cigarettes have been shown to actually increase the chance of developing multiple sclerosis and even getting multiple sclerotic flares, right? Vitamin D, right? Not sure why, but for some reason, patients who have multiple sclerosis tend to have issues with their vitamin D, right? So they're saying, well, maybe vitamin D plays a factor. Again, we're not sure exactly what, but maybe vitamin D plays a factor in what's going on. And coincidentally, for some reason, people who live further away from the equator, right, of the earth, right? Like, I'm again, sounds weird, but it's crazy. People who live further away from the equator actually develop multiple sclerosis more than people who live closer to it. Again, I think it's, you know, maybe just a, 
you know, causal relationship that, you know, we just happen to see it. But, you know, the, the facts are what the facts are. The second is the second, you know, belief that we think may be causing the multiple sclerosis. Again, we don't really know what are, you know, infection related, right? Some either viral, either bacterial, the more important, uh, more common viruses that we may know of are the measles, herpes, uh, bacterial infections include chlamydia. There's been, you know, again, there's been studies, but nothing's been really hammered down to say, yes, if you get chlamydia, you're going to get multiple sclerosis, right? No, they did not do that. But that, again, is something to think about. Uh, genetics, for sure, playing a role, not significant, but it does play a role. And because, you know, patients who, you know, have a sibling, who have a parent who suffer from multiple sclerosis are at an increased risk. Now, I caveat was saying is that they've actually done studies on twins and in the medicine world, we love doing studies on twins because especially the identical twins who have the same genetic makeup and everything, you know, down to the end. And they found that just because you had one of your twins had multiple sclerosis, that did not necessarily mean that the second one did. Right. And again, these are, you know, boys or girls who have the same exact genes. Right. So if someone who has the same exact genes as you does not get multiple sclerosis, right, it's very hard pressed to say, oh, I definitely think it's due to the multiple sclerosis. But it does play a factor. And number four, we have, again, this the, your immune system where for some reason, your, your body turns on itself and starts attacking yourself. And we'll, we'll talk about why that's important later on when we talk about the treatment of multiple sclerosis. So I do want to get some, some apparent myths out there associated with multiple sclerosis. You know, just again, make it easier. For those who have allergies, right? If you're an allergy sufferer, you know, you're runny nose, you got mucinex and all these things, you know, all in your purse or in your wallet or in your car. That does not give you an increased chance from getting multiple sclerosis. So just because you have a whole bunch of allergies, again, because we're, again, for those who may be thinking, well, if it's an immune issue, if I got a bad immune system, like those who, you know, allergy symptoms do, you know, maybe that could put me at more risk, but that is not the case. There is no case, you know, associated where, like, if you, like, suffer from any trauma and didn't develop a flare, there's nothing that shows that that is a cause as well, too. So, again, there's a couple of things to think about. Uh, when we talk about multiple sclerosis in that regards. So who gets it, right? Like who actually suffers from multiple sclerosis? Like your autoimmune diseases, it's not extremely common, which I think, you know, sometimes I think we need to, you know, thank God or whoever your God is, right? Like it's not extremely common. Only about two and a half million people in the whole world are actually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I would say a majority of them are diagnosed between the ages of about 20 to 50. If you, you know, if you get, if you develop multiple sclerosis type symptoms at older than the age of 50, you know, we tend to start looking for other reasons why, because it's, it's very odd. Usually it's something that gets diagnosed pretty early and gets taken care of pretty early. Now, women again, so again, my, my women are much more common and much more likely to get multiple sclerosis than the men. So two to three times more likely, as well as those in Caucasian groups, again, are more likely than those in Hispanic or African-American groups to develop multiple sclerosis as well. So again, we know environment may play a role. We know the immune system may play a role. We know genetics, you know, can play a role. And, you know, that's where sometimes we can kind of get that thing kind of intertwined. So what does a patient who may come into your office or what is a patient who may come into, you know, the 
the hospital setting like what 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 are they complaining about right because that's really the most important thing especially for my medical students and residents who you know follow me on the podcast you know what are the signs and symptoms that says like you know what I really need to be concerned that this person may be having like multiple sclerosis and may have a flare of her multiple sclerosis. Again, the most common type is a relapsing, relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, which pretty much means it comes, you get hit with the flare, it, you know, it hits you down it knocks you down for a little bit and then it slowly creeps back up, right? So you have this thing that hits you over and over again. Um, so signs and symptoms include sensory issues. Again, the girl, you know, that I had saw when I was an intern, you know, she had numbness, she had tingling, muscle cramping and, you know, muscle actually becoming, you know, atrophy and becoming spastic as well. Because again, I told you that the signals that go from brain to the feet, you know, they're not protected anymore. And if they're not protected anymore, the same nerves that cause your feet to start moving you know, take care of the the muscles. So if your nerves that take care of your muscles aren't working, your muscles will actually shrink down as well and become spastic. So again, that's when we talk about spasticity, uh, spasticity, that's what happens. You sometimes can have some bladder, bowel, or sexual dysfunction. Again, this is a nerve-related issue, and these are all nerve-related functions. I can tell you it's almost a surgical emergency every time you know, a patient comes in with those types of symptoms. No, most important one is probably going to be vision loss. Again, it's something that happens a lot uh, from a chief complaint standpoint. It's usually one of the first things that a patient complains about that even gets them diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And the last is fatigue or some dizziness, right? So again, they you have these nerves, the job of these nerves that make the muscles do what they're supposed to do, but they can't because they can't get that signal down there. So it's not uncommon. For you to have some weakness and some fatigue just associated every time we have the flare. From a diagnostic standpoint, right? Like, well, how do I diagnose it, right? A lot of it is in your history, right? And this is what I implore my patients, you know, when they're, when they're coming to the office, when they're coming to the, the hospital, please make sure you tell them all the stuff you're actually complaining about, Right. So we have a better idea of how to get to the next problem or next next step. Same thing in the hospital setting, right? Again, please let me know all the stuff you're dealing with so I know which tests to order, how to order it. Now, from a diagnostic standpoint, usually clinical symptoms are the biggest and the most important because it gives us such a good idea of what's actually happening. But from an imaging standpoint, because again, the imaging is almost key, the MRI MRI is extremely important, right? Extremely important, especially when we think about the criteria for diagnosing multiple sclerosis, also known as McDonald's criteria. And what that entails is that you have to have two flare-ups, two flare-ups, and you have to have some issues going on in your brain. Like you can't have a quote-unquote flare-up where you, you know, you can't see your blurry vision and everything else. But, there, you know, there's nothing to document it. And then when we do the M- MRI, there's nothing that we see, right? So that's something that you ha- we have to be very mindful of in that regards. And, and again, and it says to a- an attack, right? So you have to have at least two attacks. And, again, the attacks are lasting more than a day, no fevers, no infections. So you're ruling out that this is an infectious source causing the problem because that's always, that's always a problem. And... uh 
And sometimes you can do what we call a lumbar puncture, where they actually will remove fluid from your spine just to be able to diagnose if there's any infection going on in there. So, you know, that's, you know, that's our, you know, our diagnosis. Again, you don't need very much from a history, especially when we talk about the girl in the beginning of the story, the, the podcast, from a history, you have a pretty good idea, you know, if this is multiple sclerosis or not. And what tends to happen is the imaging tells you that, okay, you are right, this was blank. Now, and I always implore my residents, you know, don't be ordering stuff just to order it. Because, again, somebody got paid for it, right? Like, don't be ordering stuff just to order it and be very mindful of how you order it, you know, to try to prevent your patient from going into, you know, multiple bouts of radiation and CT scans and all those things that they don't need to. Now, the treatment, right? Now, treatment, of course, is when we think about it, is fairly, fairly simple from a, you know, just a thinking standpoint, right? Now, you have an, a process that your own body cells fights against it, right? A process where your own body cells fight against it. Most important thing we want to do in a patient who's suffering from a, a, an MS flare is making sure that they're complying with their medications because they may most likely need them. Second, we do get some steroids. We do get some steroids for the inflammation and pain and discomfort that dealing with this disorder you know, may cause. And most important, I think, especially for me, you guys know I'm an advocate, right? You know, get you some counseling. Like, get you some counseling so you understand the severity of the disease you're about to deal with. You understand that this is a lifelong issue you're about to deal with. And that's what you're signing up for, right? So it's it's important to, you know, add that emotional support from counseling when we're thinking about our treatment plans. So what I want to do now is I'm going to play a clip. I'm going to play a clip from, you know, a, a pharmaceutical company that, you know, really deals with multiple sclerosis, right? And I want I want you to guys to kind of get an idea of, you know, what it means in the eyes of the patient to deal with this disorder, right? Because again, I you can hear me talk all day and I love to talk, but you know, getting that patient's first encounter, I think is gold, right? So let's take a listen. So I think when I was diagnosed, I was actually working as a pastry chef. And I had to really reimagine myself back then because kitchens are hot, right? And we don't like to get hot with the mess. So it was one of the first big decisions that I had to do in my life was to leave my pastry chef career behind. So I was diagnosed in 2003 with multiple sclerosis. I had to reimagine my life at that time. And it was a long struggle, very long struggle. Until I realized I need to start taking care of myself because I had three goals on my mind which was loving myself, getting out there and getting a job, because we all need jobs (laughs) to keep moving forward. And it's very simple, having a car and getting my license. I think that that completes adulthood in my mind. (laughs) So I did all of my three goals, all of them. I'd say for me, I used to be 
really, really shy. But then when I did start telling people about my relapsing MS, that really brought me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I never thought that I would be interested in doing anything with MS. Mm -hmm. And now it's one of my passions and it's what I, I want to continue helping people because I, I have that personal connection. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like and so I want to help other people as well. I share the same thing. Um, also, I have met so many great people mm -hmm. and yeah. I, you know, friendships that I know I'm gonna take forever. So I can't even, I don't even know how to express how, you know, the blessings that I got yes. from su such exactly. a, a, a scary moment. So I think that MS has helped me really look at my life with gratefulness and stop counting the bad things, but start counting my blessings. I like to call it a twisted blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my life was gonna be simple, get a job or go to college or other things like that, but I've never imagined speaking and meeting so much love. There's mm -hmm. so much love in this community. It's amazing. We have family, right? Blood-related family. But when you have MS, there's extra. <laughs> I have more family, family thousands, it grows. Because when I meet people like you, you're my family. Because we share MS. <laughs>just amazing testimony that you know we got a glimpse to hear and i think it's important like you know we talk about you know quote unquote only 2.5 million people suffer from ms in the whole world but remember that's still 2.5 million people who suffer from ms and it's important like i said to make sure you have a support circle make sure you have friends and family and especially in our the case of you know the women that you know we just heard even their extended family that are connected through the diagnosis of MS because we know that the emotional support is extremely important when we are you know talking about how to deal with the treatment plans and it was very interesting in fact the clip that we just heard was is actually based from a company uh tech Federa, that actually that actually makes a pill form of treatment for multiple sclerosis so i definitely want to give a shout out to them you know for allowing us to use the clip you know on the podcast episode today and again if you have if you suffer from multiple sclerosis or you have friends and family members, again, I want you to kind of be able to take this podcast and, you know, digest what we can from it and really learn to kind of understand what some of the stuff that they're dealing with. And if you have, again, a friend or family member, just yourself who suffers from multiple sclerosis and you want to come on a podcast to talk about it, you know, we will gladly go in that direction and, you know, have you on the podcast. Please email at info at lunchlearnpod.com. And we'll definitely set something up to get you on the podcast. And maybe you can tell us, as a person who suffers from MS, what are you dealing with? Like, we would absolutely love to have it. And before we end, like we do with our show and our, our theme of everything that's Dr. Bear related, is our goal is to prevent the preventable death one person at a time.
See you next week. Hey, Dr. Bear here. You have just listened to another great episode of The Lunch Learn with Dr. Bear. I hope you're excited and hope you learned something from today's episode. I hope you learned from all of the episodes uh, that you get a chance to listen to. Before you leave, if you not have already done so, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I am everywhere where you like to listen to podcasts at, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, wherever you like listening to podcasts, the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry is there. Also, go ahead and follow me on my social media outlets. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, as well as Twitter, all at Lunch Learn Pod, whether it be Twitter.com slash Lunch Learn Pod, Facebook.com slash Lunch Learn Pod, and Instagram.com slash Lunch Learn Pod, where you can, you know, get any videos, any pictures I may post, any messages or writing. So please follow me on there right after you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and right before you leave me a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or wherever you can actually leave me a review. I'm much appreciative of all of you guys' support. And like I said earlier in the show, I will see you next week.